Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh here again with another daily play for you. Today's daily play is very important. It's a very critical video because we're going to talk about signs of a false prophet or teacher and signs of a false church. Before we get into the video, go ahead and pause this video and get this worksheet. It's very important for you to have to make sure you are safeguarded. So go ahead and pause this video. Go to my website, IamUnplugged.com forward slash worksheet and download this worksheet. But as everyone is coming in, for those who are very new to my channel, uh, make sure you go ahead and subscribe, hit that bell. I'd love to have you part of my community. And for those who's been a part of my community online for a long time, make sure you go ahead and like, share and comment. I would love also to hear what you have to say about this video and how it impacted you. But let's get right into my notes. A lot of points that I have to cover, man. And today we're going to be talking about signs of a false teacher in a false church and how to examine fruit. Let's get to our goal. Our goal or my goal for this video is to, uh, for us to learn how to bear and examine fruit. To bear and examine fruit. There's a question that I have for you also in this worksheet that says, what fruit are you bearing and do you know how to examine fruit? I got three parts that I really want you to really process that we're going to talk a little bit about and that's being a fruit examiner, a fruit bearer, and a fruit farmer. But let's get right into our problem. Many believers don't know how to bear good fruit or examine bad fruit. Many of them are being led by wolves and don't even know it. The problem, again, is that many believers don't know how to bear good fruit or examine bad fruit. Many of them are being led by wolves and don't even know it. It's unfortunate how many believers in, in Christendom are up under people who are hired men, men who are hired by Satan to lead God's people astray, to keep them docile, to keep them confused, and to keep them uh, uh, from being effective against the agendas of their kingdom. Uh, or their um, uh, uh, agendas of, of what they want to do in, in the life of other people. And that's why it's very important for you to really examine who are you being influenced by? Um, who are these individuals that you look up to, that you listen to, or what church do you planted to? Because a lot of Christians right now are still in the babe level. There are so many believers who are still babes, been with God, quote unquote, for many years, and still uh, drinking breast milk, and have not matured into the meat of the word of God and to be able to examine fruit. And that's why my heart in this video is to help you to examine all fruit. It's not only not only to examine the fruit of a false teacher or a false prophet, but to also examine yours. Again, the problem is that many believers don't know how to bear good fruit or examine bad fruit. Many of them are being led by wolves and don't even know it. And that's the sad part, how many people are being led by legitimate uh, wolves and they don't even know it. Let's keep going. Let's get to the definition of what is a wolf or a false prophet. And this, before I get it, let's read some scripture. Uh, Matthew 7, 15 through 20 says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but a diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. 
Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. Another uh, scripture that's very prominent in regards to false teachers and false prophets is 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15, which says, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their thieves, but to their not thieves, to their thieves as well, but also to their deeds. Let's get into the definition of a false prophet and a false teacher or a wolf so that you can better understand the foundational uh, um, um, definition of what these individuals are. A wolf or a false prophet is a prominent or influential person whose heart is not with God, but speaks deceptively deceptively on behalf of God with the intent of leading people away from God. A wolf or a false prophet is a prominent or influential person whose heart is not with God and never was, but speaks deceptively on behalf of God with the intent of leading people away from God. Uh, a wolf is a person who is prominent. Um, the enemy has hired these men and women and have placed them on high positions so that most people can see. That's why people who are usually um, the most famous, the most influential in their positional placement are usually prominent men or women who have been placed there by Satan with the whole objective to confuse. Listen, the devil knows I can't beat Jesus. He said, if I can't beat him, join him. And if I join them, I can confuse them and keep them from being effective. Some of the people that you look up to watch uh, and indulge in are probably false teachers. And that's why my heart is to create this video so that you can be able to examine. Now, of course, people will say at this juncture of the video, coach, just tell us who they are. Now, my goal is not to get you the fish or give you fish. It's to teach you how to fish. Because if I tell you who these people are, then you'll stop there. But you will not be able to practice the, the necessary uh, um, assessments to be able to examine on your own to safeguard you and your home. But a false prophet or a wolf is a prominent or influential person. Keyword influential. They must be influential to, if, uh, to, uh, to put the flu in you to make you sick. A false prophet is a prominent or influential person whose heart is not with God. Never was, never will be, uh, and and or some of them heart used to be with God, but through blackmail, through sin, through through whatever they've been, they've been captured and used and manipulated by Satan um to do um uh, um damage for the kingdom against the kingdom of God, um whose heart is not with God but speaks deceptively. On behalf of God, meaning that they speak on behalf of God, twisting the scriptures, utilizing God to gain. Deceptively on behalf of God with the intent, with the intent of leading people away from God. Let's get to the cause. Why are these people so prominent, so influential, so effective? The cause of this problem is due to people plugging themselves into bad vines and due to them not being disciplined spiritually. Many people do not want to do the hard work. Um, discipline is hard. It, it, it's not just the most enjoyable thing, but it's a necessary thing. 
Most people are not willing to be spiritually disciplined. They want to be served. They want to be um, taught. They want to. They want other people to do the work for them. But it's our responsibility as believers to be spiritually disciplined. Even the Bereans, back in the Word of God, when the apostles who actually walked with Christ came to tell them the gospel, they took what these people said back to the scriptures to make sure that it lined up. If these people are wise enough to say, I don't care if you legitimately walk with the flesh and blood of Christ, I'm still going to be uh, do my due diligence to make sure I'm not confused. This is your life. This is your spiritual walk. This is this is this is the world we live in. And you got to make sure you do your part to make sure you're not being led astray or to a stagnated place where you're not effective or efficient or useful to God. That's why it's important for you to say, you know what, I, even with my videos, take everything I say and line them up with the word of God to make sure I'm not leading you away from him. The cause of this problem is due to many people plugging themselves into bad vines. I don't want the vine of Christ. I want to be a part of that church or they're successful. Just because a person has a million followers, just because they got 20,000 people as far as members doesn't mean that that's God's blessing them. Many of us look at the blessings of God based upon growth. Growth don't mean God. Growth don't always mean God. Growth that God really is after is internal growth, which manifests in external growth. But if you get so caught up in, wow, 15 thousand people were quote-unquote safe or they got 40,000 members or they got a million subscribers if you look just at that you will find yourself deceived and you will find yourself engulfed in defending something that's damaging um, people's lives it's crazy how many people idolize these preachers and defend them more than they defend Christ you know why because they care more about how that person makes them feel a lot of these churches are using mysticism using hypnosis using different techniques through lights through sound through uh, uh, even the, they even say that even the sound of the music has to be at a certain level to get people in a trance that they use certain lights and use certain smells in the hallways they do all these different things why do you think they call them experiences because they want you to experience experience is conjured up you see what I'm saying but I'm getting ahead of myself about the false church but we'll get back into the false prophet now next point I have your substance is a reflection of the sources you are plugged into. You can't separate substance from source. You are what you are sourced by. Your substance or who you are, your character, your ideologies, your worldview, your perspectives, your walk, etc. is a reflection of the sources you are plugged into. If you are plugged into the wrong vine, if you plugged into the wrong church, if you plant up under a, a, a false prophet, then you will bear the substance of that source. Then you will have the substance of rebellion. You have the substance of idolatry. You have the substance of, of new ageism. You see what I'm saying? You will begin to bear those substances or thinking that the word of God was written uh, 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 because of you versus because of the one that saved you, then you will have all these ideologies and actually subconsciously and consciously live out these satanic agendas, keeping you docile, keeping you confused, keeping you ineffective. Your substance is a reflection of the sources you are plugged into. Next point. Our eye has been deceived. Our perspective the way we view life has been deceived. Our eye is only as healthy as our dependency on God. 
If you plug into these vines and you allow them to be your sole source of, of spiritual nourishment, then you will find that these sermons, most of them are genetically modified to cause you to, um, to not be healthy, to cause your eye, your perspective, your worldview of God and your worldview of manhood, worldview of womanhood, worldview of marriage, whatever it is to be skewed. See, the devil just doesn't come blatantly, just completely uh, um, destroying the concepts of God to the place of obviousness, he does it subtle so that he does it by uh, uh, coming as an angel of light. Notice I notice the text of God says, uh, for such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen. They're working, disguise themselves as apostles. Christ. Disguising means I look like them. And no wonder. For even Satan disguised himself as an angel of light. Satan doesn't come with, with in a red suit with horns and whatnot. He comes in an appealing way. He comes in a way that will get your attention and make you believe that he is something that he is not. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. Their end will correspond to their deeds. See, you understand? Him and his followers, him and his children, even Jesus, or even uh, Jesus said, you are of your father, the devil. That wasn't just something metaphorically, that was legitimate. God, Jesus knew, yo, I know who you are. You who are controlling the system, you who are trying to keep people from uh, worshiping the father in spirit and truth. You are of your father, the devil. He was saying, I know who your father is and I'm, and I'm letting you know, I know. And the same that was going on then is going on now. They are sons of Satan, daughters of Satan, men who have been hired or who have been used due to blackmail to confuse the people. This is still happening. And they disguise themselves as angels of light to make sure that you don't come into the light and be set free. Let's keep going. Now, let's talk about wolves versus wolf methodology. There is a big difference between false teachers and those who may have preached falsely. So what I don't want you to do is, is to put everybody up under the same vein. I'm sure I've said some false things in my immature state. I'm sure there's videos from 10 years ago, eight years ago. If I was to watch all 1,801 of my videos, I'm sure I said things out of immaturely, immaturity that wasn't right. There's a difference between a wolf and wolf methodology. Uh, uh, and, and what I'm saying is I want you to be able to use a spirit of discernment so that if you are in a church that God has planted you, that pastor is probably not going to be 100% accurate. His heart should be 100% accuracy, but he's as he's growing and maturing, then there, there may be some error in place. What I don't want you to do is be a wolf hunter. And then you have a good man of God, a good woman of God, a good church, but may be wrong in certain areas that they may years later may remove. I don't want to want you to go, well, that's the wolf. We want to teach you how there's a difference between someone who is a false teacher and all their teachings are false and is evident versus a person who may have who may have been influenced by a wolf at a period of time or who may not be able at a place of maturity to rightly divide. It says there's a big difference between a false teacher and those who have may have preached falsely. The Bible says you will know them by the fruit of their words more so than the fruit of their actions. I got ahead of myself, but the, let's get back to the wolf methodology. Um, and this, let's talk about the other side of the coin. Um, you will judge them by the fruit of their words and the fruit of their actions. What I mean by that is you can tell a false teacher because 
all of their teachings has falseness in them. They may, they have 90% truth in there mixed with 10% lies. If I put a drop of asinine in, in, nine, in, a, in a, a nine plus alkaline water, that, that potency of that one drop can still kill you. It can still be dangerous for you, right? So what happens is that it's going to seem like it's true because 95% of it or 80% of it has some type of biblical truth in it, but it's mixed with their new ageism, mixed with their lies. And so, but on the flip side of that, there's a lot of good people who are consumed with wolf methodologies. I was once that person where I had to have the lights, I had to have the cameras, I had to have all the action, I had to have all the, I, I utilized their techniques because I wanted to bring people in. And these wolf methodologies are crippling the church and crippling the people who are sealed by God's precious spirit. Christ's precious spirit and hindering them from growing because they're focusing more on the seeker friendly people or they're focused so much on the people um, that's outside their church than the people that are in their church. We'll get to more of those points a little bit later. Now you will know them by the fruits of their words, most in the fruit of their actions. Don't look at their actions, look at the fruit of their words. A false teacher, uh, the evidence of their falseness is in their words, not their actions. Don't look at how many food they how much how much food they donate. Don't look at how they have to do that to get you to be like, great, I love our church. Don't get so caught up in their actions, hear their words, because they utilize their actions to draw you in. They utilize their actions to keep you to keep you excited about their cause that's infused by a demonic agenda. So don't look at how many souls were saved. Don't look at how many people were impacted. Don't look at the millions of dollars they donated. That's all a silk screen. That's all to keep you confused and infused in their methodologies to continue to produce um, the satanic agenda that they have been hired to do. Don't look at their actions. Most people look and say, well, this church is doing more than this. Don't concern yourself about what they're doing outside a church because what you do outside a church is 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 not it could, shouldn't be more than what you do inside of your church. Don't care about how many pampers they have delivered, money they have delivered, and, and don't look at the people that's not being discipled. What's more important, uh, uh, delivering millions of dollars or discipling God's people? So don't get so caught up on the actions outside of the church. Don't get so caught up on the action they do. Listen to the words they're teaching. Let's keep going. Those that know their word and are truly connected to God will be able to discern their fruit. You will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their flash. You will know them by how they carry themselves. Because when you know Christ and how he carried himself and how God has called us to carry ourselves, you will be able to see the differences. Let's continue. False prophets focus on personal profit instead of advancing the kingdom of God. False prophet. They want to profit off of you. Um, the scripture says right here, beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize it by their fruit. Okay, that's the wrong scripture. I must have missed one. I had one I was supposed to have in here. But false prophets focus on personal profit. They don't care about you. They don't care about uh, what they about you knowing Christ. They don't care about developing you. They don't care about none of those things. All they care about is profiting from you. False prophets focus on personal profit instead of advancing the kingdom of God. 
You will know them by their fruit. Most false teachers right now, they care more about what they dress. Look at their shoes. Look at their clothes. Look how they carry themselves. Look at what they care about. Look at what they drive. Now, I'm not saying all these people who have these things are bad because some of these men are following the methods. Look at the methodology. Look at the methods. Look at what's going on, the feminizing of male preachers. Look at um, the words that are being spoken, how nobody talks about repentance. There's grace-filled message. Everything's about grace, but not about correction and rebuke and reproving. Everything's about the, uh, the God is big mama and, and God loves, 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 but don't equal or balance that love with the tough love and the pruning and the chastening. You will know them by the way they carry themselves and what they're focused on. You will know them by, by the discipleship of their people. You will know them by, by the branding. You will know them, right? Because these people's ultimate objective is for you to focus on the flash and not the fundamentals, to focus on the flashiness of Christianity, but not the fundamentals of it, to ensure that you grow into a, a man, a woman of faithfulness and fruitfulness that pushes the kingdom forward. Now let's get into, we're going to transition from, uh, into functionality versus falsehood. And we're going to go to Ephesians chapter four. We're going to talk about, uh, functionality versus falsehood that, that the, uh, the true church of Christ is to make you functional, not to make you false, right? Not to make you flashy, not to make you whatever It's to focus on making you functional, able to do the work of Christ, right? Let's read Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 through 16. And then we're going to talk about, um, um, some, some functionalities that should be, that should be evident in Christ's church. And that will help you understand whether your church is that church or not. Ephesians four, 11 through 16 says, and he gave them apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the sons of God, the son of God, to mature manhood, to measure to the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by the every wind of doctrine, by human cunnings, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Hear me. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. For uh, of verse 16, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When every when each part is working properly, makes the body grow to that it builds itself up in love. Now, that scripture shows you the order, the support of the church, and the functionality of the people who are planted in the right church. Let's get right into it. Next point. We were given apostles, one who one who is sent. Prophets, one who speaks, evangelists, one who seeks, shepherds or pastors, one who supports, and teachers, one who show to do, do these four things. Apostles are those who are sent. Prophets are those who speak on behalf of God. Evangelists are ones who seek the lost. Shepherds and pastors are ones who support those in, that are in fellowship. And teachers are the ones who show how to do the things that God wants us to do. He gave us these apostles, prophets, evangelists, preachers, pastors, and teachers to do these four things. It's evident in Ephesians 4. And if your church do not have these four things, then you could be up under a false teacher in a false church or a church that's in the babe stage that may be growing because through the help of the Holy Ghost. Number one, these apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, I mean, pastors and teachers were number one to equip us for ministry. Not to serve ministry, but to equip us for ministry. A lot of churches focus much on, on serving the church versus being a service in the church. 
A lot of churches, they focus on you volunteering versus being a person of volume to be able to actually serve and do your own ministry that God has called you. The number one thing that the church of Church of Christ is supposed to do to the believer is to equip them for ministry. Verse 12 says to equip the saints for the work of ministry, not to support the ministry necessarily. Don't get me wrong. You need volunteer, you need support, but to actually equip them to do the ministry that God has called them to do. If you are in a church that all you do is volunteer, but you're not being taught and equipped how to do the ministry that God has called you to, because many people want you to volunteer so that you can stay versus, versus to learn so that you can go the way that God wants you to go. A lot of these false church, they want you to stay to support their agenda. They are, you become a threat when you want to go out. They want to send you out so that you can still be up under their support, quote unquote, but they don't want you to go and be in your own relationship with God. They want your relationship with God to be channeled through their church so they can control uh, um, you because they know that if, if, if I leave you to God, God may have you leave. But the church was here to equip us for ministry, not to just volunteer or to give all of our gifts to someone else ministry, but to do so, to serve and, and give your talents and gifts to help support the church. But if God leads you, you're able to also develop your own ministry, not necessarily for you in the fivefold, but to be able to develop your own ministry where you're able, if God leads, to do what you need to do. He gave us apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to number two, build up the entire body of Christ into maturity. It says, it says for the building up the body of Christ, verse 13, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The goal of the church is for you to grow into maturity. You know you're growing into maturity by the sins you've cast away. You know you're growing into maturity by the growth that you have uh, occurred, not just in head knowledge, but in heart application. But the church was to build up the entire body into maturity. That takes work. It cannot just be you grow from my sermons. It's about you grow because from the structure of the church, that's going to help you to actually systematically develop you mentally and understanding to the, to the zealousness of application coupled with wisdom so that you're able to grow into the fullness of Christ where you're able to grow in full capacity of love, joy, gentleness, long-suffering, and etc. To build the entire body of Christ into maturity. If you don't know, babes don't know, you got a lot of teenagers thinking they grown, but real recognize real. So many people are in the elementary stages of the walk of God. Many people are in the teenage years of believerism, whatever it is, right? And they think that because they have been with God and they go to the church, they think they know stuff. No, the church is supposed to help you see what you can't see at your stage. They're supposed to build your entire, build up the entire body of Christ into maturity. Verse 13 is until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to mature manhood, womanhood, marriagehood, parenthood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Have all you been taught is about you or have you been taught about the Holy Spirit wants to, wants to do in you, through you and for you? to grow you into the image of Christ so that you can actually live and think and perceive and walk as if Christ would walk in your specific situation right now in life. Number three, 
We were given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to number three, ensure we are anchored properly in all biblical doctrines and that we are not easily deceived. Hear me closely. To ensure we are anchored properly in all biblical doctrines that we that we are not that we are not easily deceived. Verse 14, so that we may no longer be children <laughs> tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunnings, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. The church is supposed to fend off wolves. A pastor, these individuals who have been given to the church, is supposed to teach you what a wolf is, how to avoid wolf methodologies, and how to, how to follow Christ in fullness. The church was designed to ensure that we are anchored and the best way to defend off deceptions is to thoroughly uh, know doctrine, to know what the word of God says, to know what the word of God says about um, the triune Godhead, what the word of God says about salvation, what the word of God says about discipline, what the word of God says about everything. The church is supposed to systematically teach you into full understanding doctrinal truths about the word of God so that you can be able to know going out that you won't be able to set yourself up to be deceived. So many people don't know why they believe what they believe. If I was to ask you, what are the three components of salvation? What would you say? What if I told you, uh, what if I asked you, what, is a, what does it mean to be saved? Or, or what does it mean to pray? Or what does it mean uh, um, to repent? If I was to ask these questions, would you be, a be able to roll off your tongue the doctrinal truths that supports these truths that we're supposed to live by? If you're not being equipped by that, where there's no course or classes or or um, series of teachings that's supposed to help you understand why you believe what you believe. Life is not all about you being happy. Life is not all about you um, overcoming. Life is about knowing and applying and growing and, and showing you know, and sowing to sow the word of God into people's lives to help them. It says so that we may no longer be children. A lot of people, a lot of these churches want are our children ministries. That's what they are. They are children's ministries. They, they don't want you to grow into maturity because if you grow into maturity, you will spot who they are. You will see that they are a devil worshiper. You will see that they're using methodologies and mysticism and techniques of hypnosis to confuse you. They want you to stay at the children's level. And what they do is they will they will try to uh, couple the right preachers with legalistic preachers so that they can say, these people are after us. These people are not God's people. We are. Our circle of networks, bird of a feather flock together. We are the right ones. And then they will have you speaking against the church, legalistic, that the laws, rules. No, it's called discipline. It's called walking this thing out. Anything, everything in life requires a certain levels of disciplines for you to be successful. You can't just be a, a child of God that always stays in the house, but don't grow into maturity. So that we may no longer be children and caught up in these churches that are only children ministries. So that we won't be tossed in to and fro by the ways and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunnings and, and, um, craftiness and deceitful schemes. These things are in the church right now. Winds of doctrines, right? Human cunnings, craftiness, right? And deceitful schemes are in the church right now as we speak. But we get so caught up in the music. Oh, wow. They do it through the music. They utilize the music. They utilize the methodology. They utilize all these different things to capture your senses. Why do you think they call it an experience? Experiences are only in the emotional realm. 
So you experience things for an emotional response. Things want you to experience them to have an emotional response because if you have an emotional response, you are more liable to stay. But if you are balanced in your logical understanding of doctrinal truths, but you still have an emotional um, connection with God, you're able to see the BS. You're able to see that it's just a children's ministry and that's why these churches only want babes. And then the people who are really converted, those who are really saved, only stay in these churches maximum two years and they're out because they don't, they can't grow. Right. So you have to be very careful that you're not caught up in these, these deceitful schemes and technologies and, and, and technologies and techniques that are keeping you from developing and, full, and, and, and growing into the full physique that God wants you in Christ. Number four, he gave us apostles, true apostles, true prophets, true evangelists, shepherds, pastors, and teachers. So number four, ensure we know who the head is and that we worship him alone. Verse 14, rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which is equipped. When each part is working properly makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. That's why it's important to make sure that you go to a church that always points you to Christ and not the character on the stage. That's why you got them in preachers and sneakers. They're wearing expensive shoes and expensive clothing because they want your eyes on them. They are golden calves on these stages to, for you to worship them, for you to be caught up in them, for you to be invested in them. And that's why the word of God warns us from us creating a graven image of him. These individuals use the false Jesus for you to idolatry worship them and to be connected to them. It says... Rather speaking the truth in love, that's why it's important. They speak the truth in love. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, not the under shepherd, but the real shepherd from whom the whole body joined and held together. He is the one. His spirit is what joins us together that holds us up, which it is to equip when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. The enemy has to create a false church so that the demonic agenda globally and nationally can occur. The church has the power. The dominion was taken from us in the garden, but the dominion was beginning to be transferred to us by Christ's obedience in the garden of Gethsemane. And once he was uh, uh, murdered and was, uh, was dead and rose and was seated, now we have dominion as a church. But if the church is not growing and working properly, then the, the, the agendas and the principalities are able to come through. That's why these cities are not revivals and I have to come on, man. You got 20,000 people going to these churches, but no deliverances. You know, and I told you in one of my other videos, you notice these new churches have no altars now. They don't call people down for prayer. They don't take time to examine to see if they're saved. The raising up of a hand doesn't really mean conversion. It could just be an emotional response to the, to the emotional experience that have occurred. God wants people saved. God wants people equipped. He wants them to be held by the head. But a lot of these churches are false churches where they only want you to focus on the actions outside, but you never find anything in you to actually apply the word and that you stay a babe forever. Now, if you are not being equipped, matured, anchored, enlightened, or to focus on Christ, then you are under a wolf or a person practicing wolf methods, or you're up under a false church. 
So signs of a false church is when you're not being equipped, you're not being pointed to Christ, you're not being developed. It's all about the preacher. Uh, it's all about these different things. Those are signs you're up in the false church where they focus more on Methodists than the master. They focus more on their lights, their smoke. Listen, this stuff is real. There's people who have who are in the occult that says these preachers are using hypnosis. They you they want you to repeat phrases over and over again so that their voice can control your actions. And so when you repeat what they say over and over again and transferring energy by talking to your neighbor, neighbor, don't get me wrong, not all churches who do this are, are like this, but there are um traits of mysticism and hypnosis that happens when people tell you what to do. And when they tell you what to do, now their voice becomes prominent in your mind. And then all of a sudden, no matter what they tell you to do, you do it because they got you repeating what they say because control is in repetition. Repeat after me, repeat after me, repeat after me, repeat after me. Do what I say, do what I say, do what I say. Don't listen to them, don't listen to them, don't listen to them. We're the right one, we're the right ones, we're the right ones. And they got music at a high level. They got lights. Do you not know lights in dark rooms causes some type of effect? That's why they call it an experience. They have, listen, God don't need lights. God don't need smoke. God don't need uh, uh, Jordans. God don't need V-necks. He don't need leather jackets. He don't need that. He needs the word. All he needs for you to do is the word of God. And if the word is the is the afterthought of the methods, then my friend, you're under a false church. And I'm just letting you know that right off the bat. If all their money is more invested in the production and not your equipment, then that church is not the church of God. That money should be used in developing programs that will help you become rooted in doctrinal truths so that you're able to live the truth of Christ out in your life. It's evident, man. And that's why I want you to go fish for yourself. I want you to go see for yourself. Why do you think these, these things are here? Utilizing dark rooms and flashing of lights to get your senses, to get you in a singular focused state so that you will be in a trance where no matter what they're, so when their agenda is preached to you, it's placed in you and you become a cult member. Most of these churches are not churches, they're cults. And you got to know how to examine fruit. Last but not least, how to examine their fruit. Eight ways to examine their fruit. All S's. Number one, source. What is the source of their message? What is the source of their message? Is it vanity? Is it sensual? Is it is it is it all about you? Is it new age? What is the source of their message? Is it demonic? What is the source of their message? Message, right? Examine the source of their message. Christ through his spirit will show you that this is not for me. When you fellowship, that's why they don't want you to in your Bibles and stuff like that at home. They do that subconsciously. They want you to be so caught up in the experience. Come to church. Come to church. Nothing wrong with that. Don't forsake the assembly of yourselves. But they don't want you to know the word for yourself. They want you to, they always talk about revelation more so than what is written. And they utilize what is written and put you in it. They utilize what's written. They don't talk about Christ or use it in context. The source is for you to be lovers of selves, pleasers of selves, to be so caught up in you that you don't see nothing wrong in you, that you continue to live a life of sin and never either never get saved or reach the capacity of your salvation. So what is the source of their mesh? Number two, is it what they're saying scripturally sound? What is the script? Is it scripturally sound? Is their message scripturally sound or significantly out of context? The best way to do it is to read while they're preaching. Look 10 verses above, 10 verses under. If you got a good study Bible, go to the front of it and find out the uh, a historical and cultural context of that day. 
And if they take that scripture out and they never break it down to its biblical truth and utilize it within context and they do it over and over and over again, my friend, you're in a bad church and that's a false prophet. A true prophet of Christ, true teacher of Christ teaches you what the word is implying. You see what I'm saying? They're not trying to supplement you into the text to make you see yourself as David, to make you see yourself as Joseph, even though there are principles for us to glean from. But everything in the word of God points to Christ and how we can live like Christ and be Christ in the world. Is what they're saying scripturally sound or is it just a bunch of noise and significantly out of context? What is the substance? What is the substance of their message? What is the substance? Like really examine the substance, the source and substance. Where is it coming from? And what is actually its substance? Is it devilish? Is it self-centered? What is its substance? Is it really, is it really convicting me or is it uplifting me always? You see what I'm saying? What is this message's substance? What is the state of their message? In what state does, or what state in what state does their message leave you? If, if their messages always leave you high, but never put you on your knees, you got to have that balance. You can't always be uplifted and always be encouraged. You have to be rebuked. You have to be reproved. You have to be corrected. You have to be pruned. You see what I'm saying? And what's the state? If it always leaves you high, then you've been smoking something. You've been smoking the text. That's what you've been smoking. You see what I'm saying? You've been smoking the word crumbled up for to put in your pipe for you to smoke it. No, no, no. You if you always leave high, always leave excited, and you and you leave in this euphoria state, then you've been caught up in a false church. Because the lights done got you high, the smoke done got you high, the 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 pastor's imagery and his look and his and his candor and his cunningness has got you so high that you leave church high, but you have no substance. You don't even know what he talked about. All if all you say that was a good word, but can't say word for word how that word was anchored in the word of God and how it's leading you and pointing you to Christ, then my friend, you in a false church. What state does it leave you in? Are you always in a euphoria state, always in a high state, but you always find yourself back in the same sin, right? And you don't see nothing wrong with that because your pastor gives clearance. Your pastor gives clearance to listen to secular music. Your pastor gives clearance to uh, uh, to wearing and carrying certain things you shouldn't have given clearance because of the association they have, subconscious, subconscious clearance. Where they're giving you subtle clearances, they're not sitting there saying do it, but they're showing you. And because you follow them, you end up doing what they do. What state do they leave you in? Number five, the spirit. How to examine the fruit? What is the spirit? What kind of spirit is their message creating in you? What is the spirit of their message? And what is kind of spirit is it creating in you? Is it creating a person that follows Christ or follow the preacher? What spirit? Are you a cheerleader for them or are you a, per or a leader for him? Are you a cheerleader for them? Or you are a follower of him. What spirit are they creating in you? Next, number six, submission. What does their message want you to submit to? Does it always point you to submit to Christ and, and, and repent? Or to submit to what they're trying to indent in you? Or imprint in you? What do they call you to submit to? Submitting to being lovers of this world? Lovers of life? Pride of this life? Or submitting to Christ who will give you life and life more abundant? Number seven, what is showing up? What kind of fruit is showing up in your life from their message? Is any fruit showing up? Or are you just a, 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 a person that's just... Um, you know what? I'm not really bearing any fruit. I'm still angry. I'm still discontent. I'm still impatient. And what 
is showing up in the services? Is deliverance is showing up? Is salvation showing up? Is people really, is revival breaking out? What's showing up? And last but not least, stop. What stop is their message leading you to? And what are they putting a stop in your life? What stop is their message leading to? Where are they leading you? Are they leading you to hell? Leading you to heaven. Narrow is the gate. Narrow is the way that leads to life. And few will find it. Broad is the way and broad is the gate that leads to destruction. Many will find it. Where will you end up? Because if all you care about this world, you have no eternal understanding, then you will never reach eternity with God. And what are is what is what they're preaching causing things to stop in your life? Are you still in sin? Are you still doing certain things? Are you still engulfed in culture? Are you still watching shows, listening to stuff? Are you still engulfed with culture? Because you haven't heard a message about a, a warfare? Are you still in cycles of depression because you're not being taught how to equip yourself for war? Are you still caught up in cycles of sin because they're not teaching you how to confess your sins one to another that you may be healed? Are you still are doing certain things that you know you shouldn't be doing? Chances are you're in a false church. How to examine their fruit, examine the source, the scriptural soundness, the substance, the state, the spirit of submission, what's showing up and what is being stopped in your life. I want you to take this worksheet home and I want you to examine it. It's very important that you take some time to really see. This week, I want you to practice examining the fruit of your favorite Christian influencer. In the top row, write down your favorite preacher, musician, or YouTube, etc. And after you have truly examined their fruit from their products, sermons, or social media for a week, I want you to write either good, not sure yet, or bad in the slots under their names and utilize this practice to help you in the future. Feel free on the back of, on the back to write down why they are good for you, the reflection page. I want you to write down every name, including mine's, and I want you to utilize those six or seven or six S's or so, eight S's to say good source, good scriptural soundness, not sure yet or bad. I want you to examine because, listen, <clears throat> if you don't know the word of God for yourself, you won't know the real wealth in these messages. You won't be able to know if it's a false currency or the right currency. And that's why it's important for you to know the word of God for yourself, not for you to be a wolf hunter. I'm not sitting there saying for you to go with picket fences and be like, you're a wolf. Don't get me wrong. You should expose them. But I may expose people down the road. But right, because the Bible says, call them out, mark them. Don't get me wrong. That may happen. But for right now, I'd rather teach you how to fish than to call out fish. Because if I teach you how to do it, then you will protect yourself and protect your home. I hope this message was impactful. I hope you got something from it. I could have gone two hours on this. But I want to make sure I give you something, at least in the 45 minute realm, I said 2025, but end up 45 so that you're able to see, are you up under a wolf in a church that practices wolf methodologies? And are you in the place that God wants you and to lead you into a place where you examine your fruit to see if you really bearing the fruit that you need to bear and see if you if you are really sourced by God and made sound by him. I hope this helped and I love you. You know, I do. Or I wouldn't do messages like this for you. I'll see y'all next time. Run to play well, y'all. I love you. Peace.